And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and I'm your only host for right now, Nate. I think Tony's jumping in late, and I am honored and happy to be with the gentleman from Grimerica. I have Graham and Darren on. Uh, gents, this is your first time on the show. Would you guys you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves and where they can find you? Sure, sure. Uh, I'm Yeah, I'm Graham from uh, the Grimerica show. We've been going for nine years. Uh, fully listener supported value for value. Just talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, we have another show now called Grimerica outlawed. So you can find all that at uh, Grimerica.ca. We also have an audiobook page with a whole bunch of uh, old esoteric kind of secret society books on magic and the occult, all kinds of stuff like that for audiobooks. And we've also got uh, some trips that we, that we do with uh, guests and listeners of the show at contact at as well. Dot com. Oh, dot com. Thanks, Darren. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Darren, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Darren. Yeah, I'm the better looking half of the Grand America show. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we just, you know, everything Graham said pretty much. Cool, I'm man. Twitter. We got a chat room. If anyone wants to check that out, all the links are on grandamerica.ca. And I wrote a couple books about uh, all the terrible things the government's done in the past. So people might want to check that out. That's all on the page as well. Hell yeah. Well, not you all guys... the terrible things. I mean, only to the in- the Indians. Only to the Indians. Specifically to the Indians, yes. Well, did, did you hear about that? Like, the Pope is over there in Canada, Canada right now, man. He's apologizing for their role, the Catholic Church's role, in uh, the schools over there. Dude, I don't know. My friend texts me and goes, he was so fucking rattled. He's, he texts me saying, did you know they spent $100 million to clean up this stuff so the Pope could come over and apologize? No shit. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that was, you know. What exactly do they have to clean up? I, I don't know. There's still really. dead bodies. <laughs> There's still. I mean, maybe clean up the the the, uh, the remains of the burnt churches, maybe the burned exactly. down churches. I don't know. Has that been happening? I've been hearing oh, about yeah. that. Well, yeah, places. it happened a, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. year a year ago in the summer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There's was it a lot all of wildfires. No, that was uh, that was um, protests that never really got in the mainstream. So apparently, that the weird the weird thing is, um, Rebel News came out with a story recently that said. Uh, that there was no bodies found in these graves and that the media blew it all out of proportion. So I don't really, I don't really buy that either, to be honest with you, because we've heard enough from people that have done investigations that these things get covered up pretty quick. And uh, so that you can't really do proper digging there. So I don't know if Darren has more information about that, but that whole news story caused a ruckus. Was it last year in the summer, Darren, 2021, I think. I believe it was. I think it was last summer. Um, and then they just like the protesters went uh, and burned a bunch of churches down and stuff. And so I don't know. The Pope's coming out for some apology. I, I, we haven't really. I don't think we've been paying much attention to uh, to we that aspect. You guys aren't on pins and needles waiting to hear him talk. No, jeez. I mean, really? Is he gonna? If it's, I just found out today. <laughs> yeah, that gross old pedo man. I don't know if he is specifically a pedo, but he protects pedos. So fuck him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean the church played quite a role in it. I mean, I, I mean, I guess There's definitely a lot of pedos in the church. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. at very least he's uh, a pedo apologist. Mm-hmm. So, 
And I mean, I'm not speaking out against all the Catholics. I mean, I know a bunch of great Catholics. I'm just talking about all the pedo priests or whatever the fuck. Is it a priest or a pastor or whatever? There's a bunch of them that are pedos. I don't know. Seems to be a weird metric. Yeah, I have a lot of, actually, I have a lot of Catholic listeners, and I love my Catholic listeners, but they know how I feel about the Vatican, too. <laughs> Vatican is, Vatican. it's the same reason why, like, there's some great Americans, but holy shit, Washington, D.C. is a fucking cesspool, man. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm beginning to think more and more that the Vatican is sort of more evil than anything. I mean, that, and it's been planned like that all along, like the... I feel like I don't know from a Christ, Christian point of view. Jesus, they probably don't think they're evil though. I I don't know. Nobody's like, yes, I'm evil. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they're just fucking weirdos, dude. I don't know though because I mean they're sociopaths, right? But even then, they don't think they're evil because they don't really even have like good or bad feelings. They don't like. I don't think they have the concept of evil. They're like because they don't even see us as people. So they just like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I want power. I want control. And, oh, here's a kid. I want to fuck it. And they just, they just do it. And they put themselves in positions so that they have the opportunity to do that. You know, those people. Yeah, they prob- and they probably find a way to rationalize all that or justify it. I mean, you know, they probably think the kid want it or who knows, who knows what they say to themselves. <laughs> but that's crossing Christ. the line though. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up, man. Uh, yeah, here we go. We got a comment that says, make the Catholic library go public. Man. Yeah, if I could be a fly on the wall in the Vatican, dude, you got to step over lots of dead baby bodies. But, like, I want to go down in the <laughs> their catacombs and check out all the crazy artwork and all the weird things that they have. And There'll be a bunch of spell books down there, I'd imagine. Oh, dude, I bet. Yeah, they're esoteric as fuck, dude. Like, they're, they're occult as fuck. And like I'm Catholics don't even like realize prepared, prepared for like a bunch of different scenarios, you know. We've got a bunch of gold stashed up that they could use in the collapse, or a bunch of you know, this or that, or a bunch of those motherfuckers got some guns too. Well, I mean, Catholics don't like to hear this, dude, but I mean, I see the second the Catholic Church became well, uh, uh, synonymous with the state, it became the state religion of Rome. And when the Catholics kind of took over, I think that was like the coup of like Christianity. Cause then it had nothing to do with like the teachings of Jesus and it became just about power and control. And like, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's straight up sun worship. I mean, th- I mean, that's basically what it's about, dude. It's like, it's old school. They just, they stapled on like old Babylonian traditions and just like hid behind a cross. Pretty crazy shit. Got another comment. I'm sure it would blow minds. And ruin the religion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we got down there and we read all the books. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think about, like, what do you guys think about the Catholic, like, uh, like the hierarchy and stuff? What do you think they know? Do you think there's, like, initiations, like, the higher you go to become, like, a cardinal or a bishop? And you think they let you in on some, like, occult knowledge? Well, I, I think, I don't know about that detail, but I mean, I think they've been sort of a global infrastructure for uh, cultural change for quite a while. I mean, I think that's part of like what, what Darren's books were kind of showing is that in the mid 1850s and stuff, the, the church, I mean, they were getting involved in all the, you know, the um, English common, like the Commonwealth countries. And I think there was a real acceleration there on uh, getting rid of the, the culture of the savages and increasing oh, yeah. the, you know, 
and and sort of brainwashing everybody into these civilized cultures, you know, quote I think unquote. That's when they flipped the board on us. Yeah, exactly. Changed the history. Yeah, because they had a they had a global network already there, right? They were one of the first, probably the huge global um, networks. In the late 1800s, they t- get ready to they seek out the state and the church. In the where? In the, in the late when? 1800s, yeah, yeah. the late 1800s, the state and the church seemed to combine forces. The state uses the force, or a bunch of different states, mostly the British, um, are using the church to just go around the board, the, around the globe and stamp out anyone that's sort of still palling around with the ancient traditions and the ancient myths and, you know. It seems too like earlier than that too, like with the Knights Templar and different things and like the forming of the Jesuits, we just had a comment about the Jesuits too. It, that's when it seemed to kind of like tie into uh, kind of like a secret society. Like a lot of, I think some of the uppity ups in the, in the Vatican, I think they do and did occult a lot of like knowledge. Like they were stamping out like a lot of those uh, like pagans what, or whatever you want to call them, those different religions. And I think that they were probably stealing a lot of their knowledge and occulting it. And then like, but then also like Catholicism is pagan as fuck, dude. Like at least the way that it's taken over Europe, they had to like adopt a lot of like those pagan traditions and stuff. It's an interesting hodgepodge. Like it, it literally has nothing to do with like, like hippie Jesus and, you know, <laughs> in Israel. Uh, let's see here. He says, someone said we should, so someone in the know should remote view all the secrets locked into the bowels of the Vatican. That's a fucking nifty idea, dude. You know, I've, I've thought about that before too. It's like, like some of the people at the top know about like remote viewing, I think, and, and astral projection and things like that. And I, I've actually had a conversation with a couple folks and like, basically the consensus of these folks is that like, uh, like let's say the government, like in the Pentagon or something, right. Um, they, they probably hire wizards as well to like ward off and protect places from being astral projected. Like they probably like he, like this guy straight up thinks that they have like, like psychic guards blocking areas from you, like to try to go in and try to like check out some of their secrets. Let's see here. That's a great point. I totally agree. Uh, so what, because said, they've, they've known about that reality for thousands of years, right? So, and imagine how much, imagine how good they are at that after practicing that in secret, traversing I mean, those realms, you know, you'd have to protect yourself. Yeah, totally. And I think that's when America kind of like got in on it too, is like with the MK Ultra stuff, when they were really, you know, practicing that stuff and like mastering that stuff and taking it to like a new level, you know, that's some fascinating shit. Uh, so somebody says, is Satan the real, their real savior? Um, I think it's actually Lucifer, and according to these folks, Satan and Lucifer are two different people. Um, Satan. So, yeah. <laughs> Interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. That's some interesting shit, man, for sure. Well, it makes you wonder about the real followers of Christ. I mean, we had this guy on called um, uh, Terry Wolf, and it is interesting how, how much the Catholic church, like b- between the in- inquisition and them chasing out all these other uh, sects of uh, people that would just follow the scriptures and Jesus themselves, but not the church. Right. I mean, they just yeah. fucking destroy these, these, uh, these towns and these communities. And I mean, then there's the inquisition, which everybody knows about, but I mean, it was brutal. It did. Absolutely. It was. And I mean, I think that that is something, I mean, cause 
he was a flawed person, but what's, what's his name? Martin Luther, when he was trying to like, I mean, cause dude, yeah, he was definitely a flawed person, but he was like trying with the reformation. He was trying to like change some of the, some of the things that were going on in the Catholic church. Cause they were getting real wild, dude. Like you basically just, what was that called? When you, you basically would ask for like money and you could get your, you, like your, if your husband died and he was a real piece of shit indulgences, if you paid enough money, he would do a special prayer and get him back into heaven and stuff. That seems like an interesting uh, scam. Well, no, I mean, it might just be a, <laughs> it's a great hustle. Hedge the bet. What's what's it, what's this cost? Yeah, what's it cost? I mean, it's a good deal. I mean, if I only had to, you know, pay a few hundred bucks, if it really worked, I could get my dad into heaven. The Catholic Church, uh, sacred Agrippa, straight scared scared him. Well, because. Grippa was kind of Catholic, uh, but or kind of Christian. What, what I'd like to know more about Joe, that Joe and Joe Roop's there in the chat. Roop loop. We uh, by the way, we do have a Grippa's four books out on audio now. The the last one came out uh, a couple days ago. That's cool, man. Yeah, you guys are doing some neat stuff. I was listening to uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars on the uh, while I was driving, picking up my kid right now. Yeah, that's pretty creepy, too. It is some creepy stuff, dude. Yeah, I'd only read, like, little bits and pieces here, dude. But it's how – okay, so it is or is not confirmed to be, like – because they don't know who the writer is. Is it, like, fairly confirmed this was, like, from government or I, – I don't know, actually. I don't know. I don't think – I don't I don't want to say it's confirmed. I'm not sure. Because, damn, man, it's, it's pretty, pretty damn accurate. <laughs> yeah. Pretty what, Darren? It's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's pretty damning, dude. It's fucking real. Pick on the internet, too. I mean, you never know. You never know. In 2022, you never know. If you think you know, you're fucking you're wrong. Yeah, dude. I never claim to know anything. <laughs> I like to speculate, dude. I like to have some fun. I don't know if we're in a flat world. I don't know if we're in a donut hollow world. I don't know if we're in a simulation. Flat, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not flat. It's probably not flat. I don't claim that it's flat. Uh, I do think it's fucking like the flat earthers make some fucking wicked good fucking. Um, well, I mean, and it, it's really easy because NASA lies all the fucking time. And so, like, when you can point out their lies, like, constantly, like, it, it, they, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's see here. Turn the other cheek. Yes, that is Nicholas threw out a comment. That is what Christianity is about. You know, I uh, I work for some Christian anarchists, too, and uh, I make them content and stuff. And one that we just put out is like, like the true test for a Christian isn't loving your friends and family. It's loving those who hate you. You know, that's, hey, who's the kitty? Oh, that's Zeus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, that's the hard. That's the hard part right now is like like this guy we had on Terry Wolf was he was basically surrendering to the to the like that the world's gonna you know kind of go into this this state and there's nothing they, they can do about it and it and it's not like surrendering in a in a uh i don't know if surrender is even the right word but just accepting i guess that this is where it's going and and to love your way through it i guess is is the hardest part right because it sure yeah. seems it sure gets starts to feel like we should be pushing back uh a little bit harder than you know through love and compassion sometimes you know <laughs> Dude, it, it's difficult too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because like 
they push and push and push and like actually silent weapons for quiet wars is a perfect example of like what they're doing to push and push and push and push us into like either what we either snap or we die, you know, like it's like this interesting like place that they put us in. And it's like, we can either push back with violence or we can learn something from like Mahatma Gandhi. We can learn something from Martin Luther King jr. And we can just say like, Hey, we can literally just like, and that's like the flag behind me. That's agorism. For me, it's like if we make a counter economy, if we decide to like pool our resources, if we decide to like work with each other, if we try to like, what do you do? You know, like I have chickens, you know, what, like, do you, you know, do you have a garden? Like if we actually just decide, you know what, fuck the state, fuck their bugs, fuck their vaccine, and we just walk away and do our own thing. Like it's harder for them to shoot a man without a gun. Like if I have a, a handful of carrots, like they want us angry. They want us to go January 6th. They want us to get all like, you know, all stupid and like cause a riot. And then, you know what, then they then they feel justified in shooting us. I agree with you, dude. There, there's not enough people waking up right now and there's not enough. So they want to wake us up more. That's why they're lying through their teeth. It's like they're poking and prodding us like, wake yeah. up, wake up so that there's enough of us to revolt. So then they can put the squash down and, and yeah, you're right. If we all revolt with uh, farms and, you know, our own vegetables and trade in meat and services back and forth, it's harder to shoot us if we trade. Yeah, they don't them. know how to handle a peaceful revolution. You know what I'm saying? They know how to handle us if we're pissed and we're fighting, you know, if we're picking up the bricks that they drop off on the side of the well, road. Well, I mean, they the definitely, of bricks. I mean, they definitely tried um, and they succeeded at handling a peaceful protest. I mean, uh, the whole convoy thing was, was alarming. I think that woke a lot of people up. It's like, okay, you want to, you want to talk about freedom? We're going to freeze your bank account. I mean, they really did do that. It's hard to believe, but. Yeah, and they, they showed it. their hand pretty hard, dude. Yeah. And if that wasn't enough, I mean, that really should have woke some people up and say, Hey, you know what? Like, we can't trust these banks. We can't trust these corporations. We yep. can't trust any of this. Yep. And so we're going to have to like pull our money and we're going to have to like loan it to each other. We're going to have to figure out how to do this. And like, yeah, yep. I don't know. Or, man. or the media or the government. I mean, that was as peaceful as you're going to get with that amount of people and th that many, those many, you know, trucks and large equipment. I mean, that's, that was, that was a, a good example. Yeah, dude. I remember hearing about them, uh, like taking people's gas cans away from them. And so then finally, I think like what the courts told them, you're not allowed to take people's like gas away. Right. And so then the police gave the gas back, but they gave it to them with like a bunch of shit in it that would ruin their trucks. Really? I didn't know about that. Jeez. Yeah, they put in a bunch of like, I don't know, maybe they pissed in it or something and fucked up the fucked up the gasoline. And they were trying to like, I don't know, man. It's wild. But then they were also talking about how they, well, I think specifically whatever mayor that was, he was like, Hey, I think that we're going to use, I don't even know what you guys call it in Canada, but they were just going to like take shit, right. They were going to take the trucks and sell them and then just keep the money. Yeah. Repossess them or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That shit's wild. Call One that of our Will and Nate. What's that? All that stealing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's called taxation. It's a much nicer word for it, but it's stealing. <laughs> Let's see here. We got a comment. It says Sri Lanka showing us how a real surrection is. That's interesting, man. I I don't trust the whole shit going down in Sri Lanka because what's her name showed up? Like, okay, it was the same lady that worked for Obama that she showed up in. Uh, she showed up in the Ukraine uh, right with. 
Yeah, yeah. And so she was like there like two weeks before the whole shit happened in Sri Lanka. I'm pretty sure there's some CIA bullshit, dude. I don't know what it is, but let's see here. Then we got another comment. They say India over January 6th. I don't even know what's going on in India. You guys know what's going on in India? Nicholas, why don't you send us another comment and tell us what's going on in India? Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, the world's crazy right now, man. And I, it seems like we're having kind of a global wake up, right? You know, and it, and it really, it, it sucks that it has to be this way, but it's people have to get uncomfortable before they're going to wake up. You know what I mean? It's that, like, that's the other thing that kind of fits with your hypothesis about them pushing us uh, to wake up is they're, they sure are throwing a lot of different things at us. You know, the, the gas prices, the food, all, you know, the, yeah, yeah dude. making it pretty difficult. I've been, I've been watching this for a few years. I'm in the food service industry. So I've been watching, like I had my pulse, uh, like my finger on the pulse for the food. And like, I saw this happening two years ago. Like when I, like in 2020, I was like, fuck this. Cause I really started seeing like little things. Like right now there's a potato shortage. I can't get proper bakers right now. I have to get like funny looking potatoes and shit. I have to get like number twos. Cause no one can get potatoes right now in at least where I'm at. And so I, I would see these things happen. And like, I know this specifically too, because like I have family that like are farmers and stuff. Like my, my wife's aunt, she owned a pig farm. And so like, as soon as 2020 happened and they did the lockdowns, they stopped all the meat like production, like all the like processing of the meat. And so like, she would normally sell her pigs and have them processed and have them like inspected and then sent out to stores and sold and things. She was, she was put on a two year waiting list. Like she should have been able to get them in that week. And they're like, well, it's going to be about two years before we're going to be able to fucking process your meat. She was like, what? Like, yeah, all the meat processing is closed. So like, I knew that shit was going down. And so like, well, I helped her. I called a few of her pigs. We, and I actually taught a, um, a meat butchering class and gave out a bunch of meat to a bunch of like other agorist folks. That was actually a lot of fun. But uh, yeah. So like I bought a fucking freezer that I could fit like four of me in. And I knew that shit was going down. So I like, I bought chicken thigh, I bought briskets, I bought like everything you could imagine, just stuffed a freezer full of meat and bought all the rice and beans and all the dumb shit you'd ever need and and tobacco, alcohol, all the matches, lighters, batteries. And that's actually what I did with my Trump bucks. So Trump Trump gave us a list. I went right back. He just gave me some cash. Yeah. Bought some fucking ammo, bought another gun, but you know what I mean? Trump bucks. Did you get that? You got some cash, Darren, from the government? I got $269. What are you going to do with it, man? I don't know. I guess I probably spent it already. I wonder what I spent it on. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Did you have to sign into your? How did you get that? How did you have to sign in somehow on the? Just went into my account. Just huh. direct deposit. Damn, you're missing out, man. Or maybe you should check your account. Maybe you're two hundred yeah. fifty bucks richer. No, you have to checks. Yeah, mm. yeah. They'll probably mail you a check. Oh, I don't so even have to disgusting. ask for it. Or? I think it was like uh, everybody gets it. <laughs> everybody getting paid. It's such a waste. It's such a waste. It's a climate incentive refund. It's bullshit. So they cost co- it costs how much did it cost them to transfer this? They charge you a bunch of carbon tax, like probably a hundred 
over a hundred bucks a month we're paying in carbon tax here. And then they just give some of it back to you. Like how much does it cost to, you know, uh, rape you for a bunch of money that's going who knows where, and then turn around and give some of it back to you to make you forget about paying for it. I mean, what a joke. We see, we always just think that they're stupid. We, we, I think we like too many people just go like, especially that's like the classic dumb libertarian. will just, will just make the argument. Well, man, government is just so dumb. Why would they do this? This is so inefficient. And I'm like, that's the, that's actually what they're doing, man. That's what they do. They're like, they, they are literally wasting the money. They're actually like trying to throw us into a recession. Like it's absolutely on purpose. Like sometimes I think about this, this is a good example. So like back in, I don't know, like 2015 or something, this was, I don't know, so during the war, right? So they wanted a bunch of soldiers to sign back on for another tour and they offered them all like 15 grand if they would sign back up, right? But it was only really supposed to be for like officers, not like infantry. But they said, ah, fuck it. We'll give it to infantry too. So like several, so I think it was like about 10 million bucks that altogether that they ended up spending and giving it to, let me see here. Our, my co-host is jumping in. Hello. So, hey buddy. Uh, I, we were just talking about government spending a bunch of money and trying to collapse the economy. So I, I was giving the example of like, uh, so they spent about $10 million giving money to like soldiers to sign back up for another tour when it was only supposed to go to officers. So like cut to five years later, they're going through the books and they're like, ah, fuck. Well, we're going to have to get all that money back. So they're going to like infantry and telling them they have to pay the money back. And so they actually like hired a bunch of more people to, to go and get the money. And so it actually cost them, I think it was double. It cost them $20 million to get the $10 million back. And people are like, why the fuck would they do that? You know, and it's, it's on purpose, dude. They, they literally fucking with people like, like the poorest, dumbest fucking folks that like decided to take another fucking tour and to, you know, and like risk their lives even more. Uh, you know, for dumb shit, you know, I wouldn't join the military, but you know, whatever they, they fucking did it. They fucking risked their lives to do it again. And now they're going to, they, now they fucking have to pay the money back. It's fucked too. Anyways, it's all purpose. Hey Anthony. Dude. Hey Anthony. Hello. Um, I'm pretty impressed that they could get their money back with only spending twice as much money. That seems pretty good by government standards. <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> that's um, that's a win, man. That's a win. Oh, yeah, in Canada, that would have cost three times as much. Yeah, man, it's it's so stupid, dude. The regulation and all the different things. Like I, another prime example, I think this, what's his name? Oh, man, I can't think of it. Anyways, he's like the classic libertarian that's been on television for the longest time, and, he, and he'll tell you about what government is doing that's so stupid. I can't fucking think of his name. John Stossel? But like, yeah, Stossel. Yeah, I like Stossel. He's a goofball, but he's a good dude. Uh like they were talking about this, um, there was this like park with a really steep incline to get to it. And so like there was a bunch of old folk that were like trying to go to the park and sometimes they would trip and shit. And so he's like, man, they need a set of stairs down here. And so like he petitioned the city and the city was like, nah. And so he was like, fuck it. And he like hired a wetback. He hired a Mexican dude and he's like, hey, can you help me build this? And so he went over to Home Depot. I think he spent like, like, I don't know, like 500 bucks on lumber and then paid the dude 200 bucks. So it cost like $700 and he built the fucking staircase to go down the thing. And then the city got so infuriated uh, that they came down, tore his fucking, they tore his fucking uh, staircase down. And I think they ended up building a staircase and it cost $200,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've got a perfect example of that. I um, a couple of years ago, I was living on this street. There's kind of like a back street across from the main street, and there's a giant pothole in the street. Not a huge deal. Um, you just kind of go around it. No one really thought much of it. One day, I don't know who did this. Someone put a giant island in the road where the pothole was. They covered it up. They planted some trees, some plants. Looked pretty cool. Looked pretty homemade, but it did the job. It was very functional. Everyone was just like, oh, this is cool. Within a week, there was some fencing around it. <laughs> like They completely basically went down there, made sure no one was going to use it, tore that shit down. Yeah, that shit sucks, man. And I was in Portland, so that was, I don't know, some DIY efforts from some hippies. Dude, those are the good kind of anarchists. Like, I know they're Antifa sometimes. They're mostly, like, leftist socialists or whatever. But, like, like every once in a while, they'll just say, like, hey, the government's literally not going to do anything. So they'll go down there and they'll fill the potholes in. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, like, that's voluntary interaction. That's the people saying, hey, we pay all these taxes and the government's still fucking us. They're not helping us. And they'll go down there and fucking fill in the potholes. Or there was a guy that was spray painting, like, a giant dick. Over the, over the potholes, and so it was like pissing the city off. So then the city would have to go down there and fix the pothole. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, so there are people based solutions, man. We do not need the government for this shit. No, we can fix our own potholes. There's and that's the thing, man. Go ahead, Tony. Sorry. There's another guy who. He found a way to detour traffic. I think this was California. This was like a fucking radio lab thing or something. But basically, he just stick a stick in traffic all day long. So he found a way to detour everything so it would flow. Made his own traffic signs that looked like official traffic signs. Like this guy was an artist. He could actually like replicate the style and did this. And I guess, like, the city realized that he did a pretty good job and kept it up. That's but, cool. Yeah. Usually those guys go to jail. <laughs> like, or there'll be, like, an intersection where a lot of people get killed. And so somebody will, like, put up a stop sign. And then that person gets arrested for putting the stop sign up. Yeah. So stupid, man. Well, that was the case. Okay, so, like, you've been to Portland. I don't know about... Um, you, but you know all like the traffic murals in the streets where they got like a giant flower in the intersections. Um, it's huge in Portland where um, you'll be going through an intersection, you'll see a mural in an intersection. Well, the group that started this, the City Build and Convergence, probably a lot of really left-leaning people, but at the core of it was that somebody died in a traffic accident. Um, someone got hit by a car, so the neighbors were trying to figure out like what to do to slow down traffic. So they thought like, Oh, we'll just paint a mural in the street and people will look at it. It'll slow it down. And they got a lot of shit when they did that. And they were really cool about, it. they were just like, no, like this is our intersection. We live here. We painted it. You're not taking it down. And eventually it got adopted by the government. And I don't know where those guys are now, but it was pretty, um, pretty DIY, pretty, um, voluntary interactions. It was all good at that time. Cool. Yeah, even leftists are right sometimes. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> broken clock is right, you know, twice a day. I feel like I feel like we wouldn't get that much traction up here in Canada with stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like this. you guys are a little more open to that kind of uh, protest in a way. 
It takes dude, a while to build. Yeah, I, I did, honestly, dude, when you guys like did the trucker shit, I didn't think you guys had it in you. I didn't think I thought Canada was like basically just like bought and sold and paid for at that point. Like, well, I mean, we are. That's it was pretty shocking. I mean, that's why it was. It, that's why it was pretty emotional because we didn't expect it either, really. Yeah. Honestly, man, you guys put us to shame. Like, I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's go, man." <laughs> and then your politicians got involved with yours. I mean, as soon as I started seeing some of the prominent politicians, it's just like, ugh, gross. America still, I mean, we're starting to get to that point. We're starting to like see like bare shelves and stores and stuff. But the thing is, like, like I said, like to wake up, we got to hurt a little bit. Like we're too fat and happy. You know what I mean? Like they just have us too like docile. They, they're putting fluoride in the water. They, they got, we got like McDonald's. We got like fucking Krispy Kreme donuts. We got whatever was in the fucking shot. We got Pornhub. Like we're just like fat and stupid and happy. We can just watch football when we get off of work and, you know what I mean? And so, like, it's going to take something to smack us in the face. What do you, when are you guys going to open up your borders for uh, six million of us that want to come down? I'd open up right now, man. Come on in. Is there any word about that at all? Or did, is there any talk about that? Because, like, the unjabbed still aren't supposed to go to go to the USA right now. Is that true? I didn't even know that. Like, yeah, if, dude, if you're yeah. foreign or? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I know that my friend, so I, we get, we have a friend of the show. He's from, uh, he's from Scotland. I was going to say Ireland, but he's from Scotland. And I know that he was here for a while. And then he went down to Mexico for like, I think like Anarcho Poco or something, you know, like one of the cool little anarchist festivals down in Mexico. And then he couldn't get back in the States. He had his passport. He had, you know, he just wasn't jabbed. So he was like, he had to stay in Mexico for an extra fucking like three months, four months, something like that. Even coming up through the southern border, he couldn't get in. Eh, well, it's a little, it's a rough ride if you do if you go that route. Yeah, they don't make it easy, but yeah, dude. Apparently, like if you fucking if you listen to the fucking news, like I think we we're getting like half a million people like every month, something like that. It's pretty wild that are coming up from the southern border, and those are only the ones they know about. You know what I mean? There's so many that they don't know about. Um, I'm not like a crazy closed border dude. So like, I don't necessarily care, but I do understand. Like if you want, I don't know, something like to me, you know, what's the funniest fucking thing, dude, is like listening to the, you know, the left liberals, like uh, whatever that Eric, whatever his name is in New York. Do you know who I'm talking about? Who's the mayor of New York? Tony, you know who the mayor of New York is? I don't. And I'm, He's I don't a black dude. And I can't think of his name, Eric something. Anyways, so like simultaneously, they'll say if you support closed borders, you are a bigot and you're a racist and you're a fucking asshole. And then what's funny is that like uh, some Abbott, um, the what's what the fuck is his name? Uh, Greg, some, Greg Abbott, maybe? Yeah, Greg Abbott. Yeah, uh, the governor of Texas. He is taking all of the migrants that come into Texas and he's shipping them to Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. is then shipping them straight to New York. And I find that hilarious, dude, because Eric Adams, his name is Eric Adams. Uh, so the mayor of New York is actually like freaking out and he just put out a thing and he's like, hey, uh, stop doing that. <laughs> you guys are ruining our social like our social cohesion. We can't we can't uh, deal with this many immigrants all at once. And. Dude, so he's like a closed border. Like, dude, it's just so funny listening to their fucking bullshit. 
How much are we spending on bussing people? That... A lot, I'm <laughs> assuming. Who, who, who is like brother-in-law is working for the bussing industry? <laughs> yeah, double now with the extra gas prices. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, man, that's all a sham too, dude. I mean, I, if you can't see it, then you're fucking stupid, man. It's like simultaneously, like we're trying to blame this on Russia. We're trying to say that we can't get like we can't get fucking like the gas why the gas prices are so expensive and then at the same time fucking joe biden is saying that we're going to shut down production and like because apparently like america is the biggest fucking exporter of oil in the world like we we have the most fucking oil and we just we're just going to shut down production we're not going to allow for more drilling and we're going to shut down like all the pipelines and shit and then he's also trying to blame russia you know what i mean and then at the same time which i find so fucking funny he's telling everybody just buy electric Everyone just buy electric. And then he's telling people, hey, like, especially in Texas down there, they're like, hey, maybe you shouldn't charge your Tesla cars because uh, the electricity grid is a little haywire. So, like, they're really just trying to, like, fucking set us back in the Stone Ages. They're like, everybody use electric. Also, the electric grid doesn't work. Did you hear uh, that clip about the, I think it was the head, one of the head guys at GM talking about how the electric cars are going to be really good for the revenue in the future? Oh, I'm sure gonna it's going to be great. They're going to they're gonna be able to give get people on uh, these subscription programs with all these added added monthly benefits in there because everything's going to be you know like how Tesla gets all the updates through the internet and all that. And he, they were like super excited about this uh, the future. Will be tied into my social credit system. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Sorry, your car will not start today because you didn't, you know. Yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. You're sorry. Your car won't start today because you called Bill Bill Gates a fat tranny online. Yeah, a weak suspension for you. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it's gonna start off, like a weak suspension. But then that's enough to get you fired from your job. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how any of that's gonna work, dude. And then at the same time, they're like buying up like BlackRock and all this stuff. We're trying to buy up all the homes, and then they're also trying to buy all the farmland. And Bill Gates, I think, is the number one owner of farmland in the United States. It's, they're trying to choke us out, and it's time for us to wake the fuck up. Yeah. What's it gonna take, Darren? Oh, I don't know. I just mind my business and, you know, anyone who wants to listen to my podcast and hear what I have to say can figure it out that way. Or if I bump in you and we start talking, you know, they can figure it out that way. But other than that, I'm content to sit back and see what happens. Now, did you see uh, recently, too, there's like, I don't know, this got in the news and these things always just get in the news. And so but it's like this one company. Well, right there in your neck of the woods in Canada, right? Like they started the biggest uh, grasshopper uh, farm in the world or whatever. Right. Big grasshopper factory. And they're already starting to put it in food right now. And you'll start to notice, too, is like they're going to have to stick a little extra warning on there because folks that are allergic to shellfish are also allergic to eating the exoskeletons of the bugs. Interesting. Basically saying like fucking crabs and shrimp are just basically bugs. It's true. But those are the bugs I choose to eat. Yeah, I think they're starting up a plant in Ontario, a, b- a pretty big plant. 
I don't know. If I think it's government. the biggest the in the world, man. Probably got government subsidies or something in there. I'm sure 100%, the politicians yeah. have their little paws in there. You, you know, pay okay. for the whole thing. Part of me is like, this is a really good industry for someone to get into as a startup, though, like to compete with these people. Because I feel like they're going to market it. So the next generation, like it's going to see bugs as food where we feel like it's some weird shit. Just like we see pigs and cows. And if you think about eating anything, it's pretty disgusting. See, Tony is slightly pro-bug, which is a problem for me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. Really eat bugs if he wants. I mean, they. If the forcing is the thing, I have a problem with. If oh yeah, completely. Bugs. I mean, giddy up, Tony. You go fill that hole, and you know, eat your bugs. But you know, I mean, I might even try sometime. You know, if I go in a go down to a festival and there's some like deep fried, fucking bug candy. You know, it is funny, dude. The rest of the world does eat fucking bugs. Yeah. But I ain't really interested in eating most of what the supply chain is trying to cram down my throat. So I don't then you shouldn't. Well, the no. bugs are probably healthier than half the shit they're feeding you right now. So they won't. That's the thing. That. Exactly. The you right now isn't even real food. I mean, you look at some of this keto stuff or some of this gluten-free stuff that you can throw it in a in the backyard, and the fucking bugs won't even touch it. So, I mean, the, we're pretty far gone from our food, you know? I mean, it's it's interesting that it's bugs that people are going to get up in arms about when they've been eating, like, glyphosate and pesticide and fucking plastic and all this other shit for 50 fucking years. Yeah, it's just another thing. Probably it's just the bugs thing. were like, we were better off when they weren't bleaching the wheat and there were some bugs in the bread. 100%, dude. And we're eating bugs right now. There's a certain amount of, like, fucking cricket assholes that are allowed in every candy bar you eat and... Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. I, yeah, I don't like them forcing it. And like Tony was saying, like it's like eating fucking grasshoppers in your yard right now. It's probably not that bad for you. The bugs that they're going to give you in that fucking factory, you know, they're going to be. Well, first of all, I think they're probably going to genetically modify those fucking grasshoppers that and have like sweet, juicy fire. assholes. And then <laughs> they're going to be feeding them a bunch of GM fucking soy and corn and all kinds of nasty shit. And so they're going to be terrible. They're not going to feed us something good. No. They're not going to feed me anything. <laughs> They're feeding you right now, Darren. What are you eating? <laughs> What's in your fridge? <laughs> my fridge is filled with, you know, mostly stuff I, my meat source comes from shit I shot. Nice. I like and, it. You know, my chicken comes from the farm. I mean, I Hell think yeah. it's the farm. It's called Sprag Farms. I go to a place here and buy a bunch of it at a time. Yeah, and, brother. You know, so I'm really getting from the store my fresh stuff, vegetables, fruits, rice once in a while. But I got a bunch of rice. I got an awful lot of rice. I got more rice than I need for the next, like, five fucking years. I bought, like, 150 pounds of rice because. <laughs> Same, man. I thought I would go through it faster. But here we are, like, two years later, and I'm not even through the first 50-pound bag. So. <laughs> Do you yeah. still have chickens, Darren? Or? I have chickens in my backyard, yes. So, I, yeah, I have, like, uh, egg supply. That's nice, man. They fucking, they'll give you a ton of eggs, dude. I actually just got rid of my chickens. I'm getting quails instead. Yeah. I'm getting quails right now because, dude, they, they grow so fast. Like, within three months, they're producing eggs. And they're fat and juicy. I like quails, dude. And they, they like, produce, like, rabbits, dude. And they're quieter than chickens. They're chill. 
and they're nice. Like you can pick them up and play with them and stuff. And I got my little one, dude, he liked the chickens, but the chickens didn't like him. You know what I mean? So I'm going to make the quail sit on his lap and shit. And <laughs> I used to go to this little food cut and they had um, sliders, these little burgers, and they had little quail legs on top of them. Great. Yeah, buddy. I like quail eggs and I like quail meat. That's the route I'm going. And I mean, they'll be knocking on your door here pretty soon. They'll say that there's bird flu out and they're going to have to kill all your chickens. And I'm already not supposed to have chickens. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, they can come here and say whatever they want. But in my experience, everyone's too scared to say anything about anything. Except <laughs> on the internet. So, I think yeah, I like it, man. I do. I don't ask permission. If I want to build something on my land, I just do it. You know, I'm building a tree house. I'm not asking the city. Yeah, my neighbors just seem fine with everything I do. But they also see me piling guns in and out of my truck on a monthly, week or weekly basis. So, you know, maybe that has a plays a role. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just because I'm a real nice person and I don't fucking bother them at all because I don't give a fuck what they're up to. And when I have a good harvest, I'll bring them some eggs or bring them some meat. And I, you know, I act like a good neighbor. I mean, chickens are pretty quiet. I you got to be really I fucked up. Rooster, so, you know. Yeah, if I got a horse back there, people might freak out. Or a pig. I don't know. People might not even notice big. My buddy Tommy lives over here. He's got a pig that weighs like 300 fucking pounds. But he calls it a pet, I think. So he gets away with it. I bet yeah. you Tommy eat that fucking pig if he gets hungry enough. I might eat that pig if I get hungry enough. But by the time I get that hungry, you know, most of y'all are dead. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing is like, I'm not going to be able to eat like, well, maybe my neighbors would be all right to eat, but like these people are going to be so full of spike proteins. You're not even going to want to eat them. Yeah. I don't think eating people goes good long-term anyway, especially not the people we're raising right now, but I mean, I just got enough food to hold up for like nine months and then go out and see what's left and hopefully establish a lordship of some kind. <laughs> I like it, man. You guys want to tell us about the trips you're taking? Well, we're going to see the Channel Scablons of Washington State with Ronald Carlson here. You're going to Washington? Going to Washington, yeah. Shit, this dude, is, that's, that's pretty close to me. I might have to fucking come out and say hi. We go to Washington quite a bit. It's one of our regular tours. This is the one we're pretty good at. We've done it a few times. Uh, so we're going again. We're running two weeks this time, two back-to-back -back weeks. I think right now there's about 30% left for each week. So maybe like eight to 10 spots left for each week. Private rooms are, might be gone, but it's close. Uh, anyway, we got one from the 19th to the 24th of September with Randall Carlson, the Brothers of the Serpent, and uh, Ben from Uncharted X, and of course, Randall Carlson and Brad, and our good friend Brandon Powell, who's uh, one of Wim Hof's good buddies and one of his American instructors comes along with us we do the breath work and we get in the ice tub and do all that kind of stuff and then we have the second week running september 26th october 1st which is the same crew except brandon's gotta go home and david matheson is coming out and that week instead of breath work and cold training we're gonna do some star miss and stargazing uh out at night so i like it man that sounds like fun people love it yeah it is kind of pricey. The price tag does scare some people off, but I mean, it is all inclusive. So, you know, we basically pick you up Monday from Seattle or Spokane, 
feed you, travel you around, find a, yeah, give you a place to stay, all that stuff for five days straight, and bring you back to the airport uh, Saturday afternoon. So, and just to give people an idea, like we're traveling around in vans with Randall. He's on the on a radio, like a private radio, to all the vans, talking about the landscape and how it you know how it sort of has to do with the context of the younger dries and the massive the massive flooding that took place there then we stop at all the places take a look around he does lectures at night and we um we hang out it's a total hangout it's a total hangout with randall it's not like uh, a regular conference where the presenters do the thing about go back to the room it's very much intimate and interactive you'll hang out with randall and maybe have a hoot with him who knows you know crazier things have happened so once in a while he'll give the odd group his moon lecture which is phenomenal and mind-blowing and uh we do a bunch of these things we do another one with greg greg carlwood from the higher side chats coming up next uh february where we're going to mount shasta in california and doing a bunch of stuff there, a bunch of magic stuff. So that's going to be a fun one too. But all that stuff's over at contactatthecabin.com. And we take pride in our tours being some of the best in the business and hopefully giving people uh, the trip of a lifetime. We hear from a lot of people that it's uh, the best trip they've done. So, And I think, honestly, it's got less to do with what we're doing and more to do with the fact that all the people that are like into doing it are super cool. So by uh, nature, you just end up with a super group of cool, cool group of cool people every time. That's cool. Man. They're all like-minded. So you can have all these crazy conversations that maybe you got to eke out around your home or your work. You can't really do it. You know, the podcasters, if we're lucky, we can just blab all day, but our listeners are just listening and maybe there's nobody in their life they can talk to, or maybe there's just one guy <laughs> they talk to once in a while. But then they well, come, I mean, that's exactly why I podcast. Yeah, you know, to give my wife a break first of all. Conversation <laughs> because there's so much cool shit going on. Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah, man! That sounds like a fucking hang, dude. It would be awesome to go, dude. I, Mount Shasta, I think, might be a little closer to me. No, it wouldn't. Actually, I think Washington would be closer to me, but that would be a lot of fun, dude. There's a lot of crazy shit about Mount Shasta too. That's a place to do magic. That's an interesting spot, man. Totally. There's a lot of folks that go missing out in Mount Shasta. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be reading any missing 411 books or anything before these trips. Well, <laughs> plays on right before. I like it, man. What kind of stuff are you doing uh like looking at the stars? Are you guys going over like you said like star myths and stuff? Well, I'm not doing shit. That's uh, we get Dave Matheson out to do all that stuff. Yeah, he does. He's he's the star myth guy. He's a bro. People I'm afraid of the ice baths. Check out his website. I think he's got his brand new website up and running now. Um, ooh, what's the title of his first book? The uh, Undying Stars. The Undying Stars.com. Yes. That's cool, man. Yeah, dude, that's super awesome. One of these days, I'm gonna have to fucking do that. I have to come and hang yeah. out with you guys. Yeah, hanging out with Randall Carlson while he's giving a lecture under his stars, that seems pretty epic. It's pretty dreamy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and seeing the Scablands in person is is like it's hard to believe it's not a more popular touristy kind of thing because some of the some of the shots that we get from there and the and the you know the the potholes cataract and the dry falls and I mean these are huge, huge uh 
sites, you know, with it's just, it's brilliant and beautiful. But there's so many sites on this planet. Like that's the really cool thing is that this planet is full of really cool shit and some places we all know about. So we all try to get there, but there's all these <laughs> other places that no one knows about unless you know, and then you can go there and they're not popular. And Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you, and then it's, so, and, and he's really about like, not only just checking the sites out and stuff, but sort of investigating it from like, Hey, this is what we think might've happened 12,000 years ago. You know, he kind of wants to try and solve the problem too. Right. There's a problem with what happened in our past. And he really makes an effort to try and sort of get to the bottom of that. What do you guys, what's your opinion on like this upcoming, uh, like, well, people are talking about either is the world going to get hotter or is the world getting colder are we like heading for a solar minimum? Have you guys thought of, thought Probably about any of that? Both. It's gonna get fucking crazy. Just be ready for anything. That's my advice. But I think the party is over when it comes to stable climate. I'm not sure how much we had to do with it. I would say my personal opinion is probably less than ten percent, probably a lot less than that. But we wrecked a bunch of shit too. So I mean we don't get a pass. I mean, we've been dumping shit into the ocean and all sorts of horrible shit for a while. So but I think, yeah. I think in a bunch of ways the jig is up. The jig is up. It's going to take twenty or thirty years to collapse, but what do you think? How much of that is the heart machine? How much do you think is going more back to natural? I think. Yeah, Yeah, and that could be good. I I think that could be good. It's an interesting thing, man, because there's a fucking book out that uh, man. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but he he was basically talking about how if because like all the governments around the world have basically been telling people not to have babies, uh, that there's going to be a huge population decline, like a huge population crash and that there's just not going to be enough people to like keep up with the infrastructure. And so like the United States and the rest of the world are, we're heading for a gigantic fucking, as far as like comfortability collapse, like hardcore. Cause there's literally just not enough people to keep the, keep up the infrastructure. I think I know and, what you're talking about. You're talking about um, uh, Peter Zian. Was he on uh, Mysterious Universe recently? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that was fascinating yeah. as shit. I haven't. Dude. I haven't listened to it. I just got friends of my friends of mine that have told me to. to the book sounds very amazing. Um, Peter Zian, maybe is his name. Yeah. Does that yep. make sense? Yeah, I actually just reach out to him. Hopefully, I'll hear back and yeah. Talk the to end, dude. the end of the world is just the beginning. That I think. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating as fuck, dude, and kind of horrifying. He says actually though that America is the best suited for it because I think we have enough. Like, there's an it's going to be at least semi temperate here, and there's going to be enough. Like, there's going to be enough like farmland and uh, like we have better infrastructure i think like europe is pretty fucked asia is fucked africa's real fucked like it it seems like we're 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 going back to the stone age man we're gonna see the fall of rome happen all over again maybe and he's not talking about like uh he's not talking about a real uh instant sort of cataclysm but just a sort of a gradual um decline or yeah, but you know, it's like it's one of those things where you know that old saying, like, "How did I go broke?" He goes, "Well, a little at first, and then a lot all of a sudden." So I think it's going to be one of those things. It's like we're watching, we're like, we're going like this. Here's the roller coaster. We're getting to the fucking top, and yeah, so it's going to seem slow, and then it's not going to seem slow. Maybe <laughs> if he's if he's correct, you know. 
I don't claim to know, but that's it's a fascinating and it, dude. He the dude. The thing is, like, he's not like a conspiracy theorist. He's like just working numbers. Like he's, you know what I mean. And it, that's what's scarier about it because he's trying to be realistic. Dude, his bio is pretty intimidating. I'm like, holy cow! Can we even get this guy in the show? I mean, I he's like, man. Yeah, you should. Oh man. yeah, 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 sure. So I'd be interested in that, and within a generation or two, if that keeps up, there'll be people who have this level of technology now, but there'll be other people living at the Stone Age. Just like and, now. Yeah, just like now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I think it's going to be, I think the divide is going to be much more, you know what I mean? I think there's going to be just like Bill Gates and his homies up here and everybody else. You know? well, I think I think we're going to have to make some decisions coming up in the near future here. What, what's what, how we want to live, how, you know, do we want to be in the smart cities with all the social credit and the technology, or do we want to be on the outskirts sort of trying to live off the land in little communities? I mean, I really think that it seems like they're pushing towards that here pretty quick. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that is like my white pill for everybody. It's like, if this is the time right now, we still have food in the store. We still have enough comforts to take care of us. We still have air conditioning in the summer. We have heaters in the fucking winter. Right now is the time to learn some fucking skills, man. Like learn how to make a fucking bow and arrow. I don't know. Like learn how to like learn actually how to grow shit, you know, like learn some fucking skills that while we still have the internet at our fingertips, like, like get some fucking valuable fucking skills that you would actually be able to use. Let's say the end of the world comes, you know what I mean? This is the time. We can't waste this fucking time. Darren, it sounds like you're steps ahead already, and uh, good for you, brother. I'm probably more prepared than most people. That's yeah, good for you. <laughs> and hopefully your community. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Yeah, that's uh, that's the one thing I'd like to tell folks. It's just like we're not going to be – like no matter how you cut it, like even if that doesn't happen or, you know, whatever happens, it's like, like we have seen at least that we cannot depend on our government, you know, and there's too many folks that just literally depend on the government. The beauty about food is you can eat it anyway. It's not like, you know, I'm throwing it, yeah. you know, I just, you know, run with that supply and top it up monthly at that level. Yeah, it's not going to hurt, but make sure you have, like, dude, I bought every, I'm a beaner, I guess, so I bought a bunch of beans. So, like, I got black beans, I got red beans, I got fucking lentils, I got white beans, I got, you know, I got all this shit at my house, you know, and I got, like, brown rice, I got white rice, I got fucking, like, cow rose sushi rice, I got fucking jasmine rice, I got basmati, like, I just, I wanted to make sure I had a variety so I wouldn't get bored, bought a, a fuck ton of canned goods, we got a canner, we got a giant freezer, you know, like, we just want to be fucking prepared just in case, like you said, it, just having the food. Fuck it. Like, even if you have too much and I sound like an idiot, I'll still have food. No, just prepare, prepare for what your worst case scenario is and then go on with your life. I think is the best way to do it. We might sound like Noah right now telling everybody to get on the boat. And then when the I fucking rain drops no come, I don't have a yeah. boat. No boats. I just, you know, I think everyone should prepare for their personal worst case scenario, whatever that is. Prepare for it the best way you can, and then just go on with your life. I like boats, though. I do want a boat. I boats, don't own a boat now. Boats are great. I have a little boat just in case, you know, revelation comes. But it's going to get a little quick because it's not a very big boat. I'm going to build a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Long enough to outlast the neighbors and laugh at them. <laughs> wow, shit, man. And uh, how are you guys getting into the country? Have you guys figured that out? Is this secret? You're not going to say it online? I mean, it's a pretty big border. It's a pretty big field. and Pretty big field and a pretty big border. I'm pretty sure it won't be too hard. And you got a boat. Well, there's no water, but. and they don't ask. Your your border guards are cool, man. They don't ask. They don't. They don't. You don't need to show them nothing. Really, to get in from Canada? Uh, yeah, I'm just saying. A lot of times, yeah, a lot of times, and you come back in through, and they're like, they're all masked up, asking you a million questions, bugging you. Sometimes, yeah. pretty gross. You I tell it. you, that's what it's like. It's the awesome. We got another comment here. Good discussion, fellas. Well, thank you very much. Um, see, that's it's the exact opposite with Mexico. Like, well, at least it was. I don't know what the fuck it's like now, but in Mexico, like, you literally just drive through and they don't give a shit. And then they hassle the shit out of you when you're trying to get back in the States. Like, we had a van that we were driving in and, like, we had gone off roading and, like, ran through mud and shit. And so there was, like, a bunch of mud all over, like, caked it, like, on the van. And so they gave a shit. They said, You're bringing foreign soil into the United States. No, way. I was like, yeah, I swear to God, they were, they were being dicks. They were like, no, you need to pull over here. You need to dust off your car. You have to wash it before you're allowed to go back in the United States. Well, I did get stopped because I had elk in the, car, in the car, and I had to turn around and drop that off. So that yeah, I did get stopped for having raw meat, or not raw meat, but wild meat you know, in the car because I didn't have a license to hunt it because it was Darren's, and he was already in the States, so that was a bit of a pain. Just have a big mouth. That's. I just didn't. Did lie. I just don't it? lie about it. Well, yeah. I mean, he asked <laughs> if I. I said, yeah, I got some elk in the cooler. Like, oh, oh, pull over. That's oh. hilarious, man. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I. I don't say nothing. I'm like, mm, do you have anything? Right? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't talk to cops. Time, last time I went down, they searched me. Did they really? That's funny, man. That sucks. <laughs> I've not got, yeah, I've not been patted down or any of that fun stuff. I don't think I'm allowed in Canada. I don't think they'll let me in, man. I was like, I was 18, 19, something like that. I got a DUI. And, uh, well, you know, you're sure. for life if you had DUI. Mm -hmm. Is that for life? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You have to like jump through hoops. Got, got in that has a DUI. Yeah, it's pretty tough. You got to like, uh, I have to go like file for like, like partial, like temporary residency or something and pay like 200 bucks. And then I can go in for like two weeks and then leave. There's some, there's like some weird loophole around it, but I'd have to like hire a lawyer, do a bunch of bullshit. And it's just not worth it. Cause like, if I want like, if I want to be in bitter ass cold and shit, I can just go to Alaska. There you go. And you could probably just drive through Canada anyway. If you say you're going to Alaska. Really? Hmm. I didn't yeah, even think about that. The That's rules funny. are since COVID, but I think there's like uh, provisions for that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they were allowing some people to drive through during COVID. I think to, if they said they were going to Alaska, I think. Good to know. That's a good tip. Yeah. Going. I just Alaska. never. Like I went to I went to Victoria when I was a kid and like rode the ferry and like hung out at Bush Gardens and had a good time. And I always wanted to go back, but I didn't want to go all the way there just to get turned around. So I just haven't even tried again. So, 
Yeah, and that's why that's why it's stopping a bunch of people in Canada from going down there because you don't want to go all the way border and make all these plans and then have them say no, you can't come in. You know, you got to show us this paper, or that paper. So, yeah, so that's why I was asking about you know when are you going to let uh, six million of us come in? I have a theory that it's because that's where people are going to congregate. I mean, if you guys let the un unjabbed in, then a whole bunch of freedom loving unjabbed people are going to start congregating in Texas and Florida. I mean. <laughs> It's funny, man. Trudeau just keeps going crazier and crazier with that shit over there, man. Like, did he like what is like you guys actually know this shit? Like, I only hear what I hear on the news, you know. So the news is whatever. But did he he like took away guns? Is that true? Like handguns or what? Did, like, what did he outlaw recently? Nothing really. He said some stuff, but he hasn't done anything yet. Okay, it was just all talk then. Well, we'll see. He might. He, you know, we'll see. I'm not saying that either. You're handsome communist up there. He he did he did make all the guns sell out. I mean, there there's no there was no more handguns, right, Darren? And didn't didn't they sell they out? Sold out the, yeah, they were sold out for a while. I don't know if they've been repopulating the shelves yet or not, but we sold like sixty thousand handguns in a week. Dude, I always find that so funny. It's like they they go hard on the guns and then all it does is sell more guns, dude. Like Obama, I think, was like the best fucking gun salesman ever, you know, <laughs> and probably Joe Biden now. But I mean, at this point, dude, get a 3D printer. Just do it. You know what I mean? Like it's easier than ever. Just make guns at home and just shut the fuck up about it. You could make a fucking AR for a hundred bucks, dude. It's pretty quick. It's pretty easy. It's like overnight. You can have a fucking new gun. And they're pretty solid at this point. Like the technology was pretty wonky at one point. It's pretty fucking solid now. You don't we want had to our, in your face. Sorry. What you were you saying? Blow up in your face. That's for sure. But I, I'm good for now. I'm I'm armed. Yeah, dude, but I want like my whole, well, I actually, I live in rural Oregon out here. It's pretty nice. Everybody out here is pretty much armed. It's pretty nice, man. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty relaxed, dude. And, you know, say what you want about like, I'm not a Trump guy. I never have been, but I know who I'd rather have be my neighbor, you know? And that's basically why I moved out here is like, I'd either like, do I want like kind of a rednecky conservative dude that like, at least pretends to love freedom and isn't jabbed and has guns and wants to drink beer and hang out. Or do I want some like fucking asshole fascist dickhead with a mask on that like is going to tell me what I want to do. Like tell my kid that he's probably trans or something, you know, like I'd much rather have the redneck as my neighbor. It's pretty nice. So what is uh where do you guys where do you guys live at? Is it pretty chill? Like is it just really like the crazy liberal centers out there in Canada too? Or are there a lot of sane folk in Canada? Uh there's plenty, yeah. I mean I know everyone I know is pretty cool. And it does make a difference where we live. We live in the Texas of, of Canada, so it's you know, it's it's pretty chill where we are. But BC's a little bit different, Vancouver's a little bit different, you know. Um, it's like California, I would say, um, back East is kind of similar to back East there. It's kind of, it's kind of the similar thing, I think, except our politics are more, doesn't really matter who's in power here. It's just all the same. It's like one big party. So there's very little difference, I think. 
they all wanted all our governments wanted mandates and the one party that would say that there wasn't any mandates gets isn't even allowed to debate or get on the media or get on the tv so it's very much controlled through the media right now um, are you guys involved in politics at all or have you guys kind of given up on that no i've uh, involved as in talking about it or actually like doing something about it both uh we talk about it when we have to but I'm pretty disillusioned with the whole thing. I think they're just all—they're all a bunch of liars. The media is liars. I mean, it's just—it's just as bad as. It's funny because when COVID happened, you know, it made a bunch of people start paying attention to it, because I didn't think it was as bad as it was. But Canada is just as bad as the states as far as just funneling money to wherever to to launder it and and the corruption and the lies and you know, they pay our our media directly. I had this I had this post about our media. It's it's just oh yeah I should actually I I should actually read it here it might be interesting to you guys that especially Darren I don't think he's seen this post but it's about and I haven't fact checked it but uh, 1.5 billion dollars of our taxpayers goes to this media right and we only have like a few a few main stations but the CBC is our main media source they have 143 executive directors including eight directors of finance, nine directors of legal services, and 26 directors of tech and infrastructure. They do not re reveal the details of remuneration and bonuses, of course. We know the CEO and New York City resident, Catherine Tate, is paid almost a half a million a year, plus expenses and bonuses. So even for a federal government devoid of performance metrics, spending tens of billions of dollars, it's a stretch to see how with TV ratings hitting all-time lows, the bonus money has anything to do with performance, but maybe audience size isn't their job as veteran political commentator. Paul Wells says it's the most spectacular public relations asset. So they're, they're there, they're there to pop out a fake headline. So the government can make decisions around that. hundred percent, dude. Like you fucking nailed it. I, that's exactly what it is. It's like, it, because on the free market, like I'm a fucking, I'm an autistic libertarian. So like, like, let's say free market capitalism, that CBC would have fucking shut down already. There's not enough people watching it. They're not going to get enough revenue in. Like they would have gone matter. by the wayside. It doesn't matter yeah. though, right? It's not about ratings anymore or even business or anything. It's about the one fucking headline they can throw around social media and have that go viral. That's fake. And then they also have like, though, they have like uh, the veneer of authenticity and they're like, we are the mainstream media and we're saying X. And so they can say like, this is the mainstream. This is like, we're the experts and this is our expert opinion. And like you said, it's like exactly. So then the government can be like, okay, well, we've heard from the experts. You know, and <laughs> yeah. That and also it gives the illusion of um, com more compliance than there actually is because it makes someone who's disagreeing with this at home going, well, probably I see through this bullshit, but I don't think anyone else does. When in reality, there's a shitload of people that are like, wait a minute, this is bullshit, but we get cowed in these positions of like, we think this like this, um, we, we, we kind of perceive a mass compliance that may or may not be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And they do a really good job at making it sound like they're being, you know, controversial or or um they're going back and forth like they make it seem like that but really it's just all theater it's theater man yeah and politics is theater yeah i gave up on it probably about 
two, three years ago. Like I, I thought like, hey, maybe if we get the right people in, we just need to vote harder and I'm going to vote for Gary Johnson. I think that was the guy at the time that was vote, going against Donald Trump. And it's just a fucking joke, dude. Politics is a fucking joke. And we'll see what happens because they're still pushing. They're still pushing this job and they're still they're still touting how safe and effective it is. And, you know, we're seeing some completely different. So, it, you know, at some point, are they going to be held accountable or like are they I mean, what like what's it going to take for people to go, whoa, 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 you better fucking shut the program down, you know, you um, know. It's fascinating. Exactly what you're saying. It's like people are starting to see through the fucking veneer, through the fucking lie, because it's like I like for the most part, like I still like I live in a rural area, but I have to work in like a big area, you know, so I like work in like not downtown, but, you know, close enough where there's a bunch of liberals and stuff. And like I think there's only out of like this couple hundred people that I work with me and two other people are the only unjabbed people. Right. And so it's like they're starting to see this shit happen. Like, dude, this, this fucked up, but like my buddy's niece, she was 27 years old. She's a school teacher. She was very fit. She loved to go hiking. She was like really pretty nice girl, giant fucking heart attack, blood clots, heart attack died. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife's sister, same story, but she was like in her forties. Uh, she was like a school librarian. She like, uh, at a university, very fucking progressive and liberal and like was jabbed to the max, got her booster and everything. Blood clots straight to the heart fucking died. You know, dude, like people and, are dude, starting to see. and the, and the official data is starting to show it. I and mean, we know a lot of that's already skewed and everything. So even though, so when their official data shows it, it's pretty bad, but even from the BC Health website, the CDC, the BC CDC, so it's the province next door, uh, COVID health com- outcomes uh, by vaccination status, right? So the, they've got the vaccination status, there's t- 13% that are unvaccinated, uh, 50, 52 that are three plus doses, 31 with two doses, and then it goes to hospitalizations, critical care, and deaths. When you get to deaths, 76% of the deaths are three plus doses. Yeah. Another 13, two doses and only 10% unvaccinated. So you've got less of a percentage there. And this is all per hundred thousand. It's all normalized at per hundred thousand. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, it's just, or it's actually not, sorry, I should say it's a percentage, right? So yeah, it's not normalized, but I mean, this is their official data. So who's looking at this and who's ignoring, like who's allowing this to go ignored right and then in ontario they took away that status so in in june on june 23rd so they're obviously seeing that hey uh this isn't working our official numbers are showing how bad it is let's stop tracking that status i mean how this is the official official website i mean that goes back to like I mean, our celebrities and our elitists and everything like, I, you know, it's that funny thing where you're like, did they get the same thing that everybody else got? Because like, if so, like you'd be you'd think we'd be seeing some Congress people dropping like flies. They're in their fucking 80s. You know, they're not in the best of health. They're like a bunch of old creeps. Like they probably got sailing, dude. Well, I think it's coming out that a bunch of doctors did, too. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. but. Yeah, it's wild, brother. It is fucking wild. So what are the next moves for the Grand America bros? Uh, we're putting out some some good audiobooks. We're throwing out an audiobook in uh, in Grand America Outlawed, our feed, so subscribers get a 
a free audiobook. We're going to put out every week like a chapter or a section of the history of magic. It's a thousand page book on uh, the history of, of magic going back to all kinds of stuff like the Egyptians, uh, all, all the, anything you can think of from, from magic um, is there. So that's going to be kind of a, a bonus for everybody as an audiobook. We got Dude, a lot of other audiobooks out now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. A thousand pages. Uh, well, that's uh, one and two. There's two. There's uh, volume one and two. Volume one is uh, like five, four hundred and fifty pages. Uh, I think the other one's a little over five hundred. So they got like magic of the Romans, of the Greeks, uh, the healing stuff, the the Israelites, um, magical influences. It gets into magic in general. Goes through all the different types. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty in depth. So that's that's kind of one of our latest projects that we're working on for for Grime America Outlawed. Plus, we do our week we do our weekly show there still too. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, that's so fucking cool. I've been trying to dig into it more and trying to learn some of the stuff like the background and the mystery schools and yeah, it's it's fucking fascinating, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, next weekend. I think next weekend we've got like a pretty cool panel of some interesting folks. We're going to, we're going to talk about the Google Lambda shit. And like, I really want to get into like, dude, they, they, that one dude turned that fucking thing into a golem. He turned the fucking AI into a golem, man. It's so fucking fascinating, dude. Like, yeah, all this, like, and so even if you want to say the AI isn't real, I mean, or whatever it is, it's like, or it's like a mirror of the programmer, like that guy that was like working with it. He was like a crazy cool occultist. Like, that's just fucking fascinating, man. And like those computers are starting to like interact with each other and starting to talk with each other. Like, what are your thoughts on like any of the AI and like possible sentience? Do you guys have any opinions on that? Well, I mean, I've heard, I've heard Dan Winter talk about plasma, how when plasma is created, it, it becomes intelligent. So, and then we talked a long time ago about sort of the digital simulation or the, uh, you know, uh, this being a simulation and what happens if you make a brain that basically consciousness will come to the brain. So it's kind of like, in a way it's, it's like Gollum-ish, right? I mean, you know, you yeah. create something that can hold that and it, and it comes. So, I mean, who knows where it comes from and, but I mean, it, I, I find that pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a theory that I've been rolling around in my head for a little bit. It was just like, because we know for the longest time that our elites are like in communion with these like interdimensional beings, or they at least claim to be right. And so they, they're talking to these entities from, you know, somewhere else. And like, it feels like that a lot of the technology push and all this stuff has been going towards AI and like these sentient computers and things like that, like a symbiote, maybe something that we would merge with. And it seems to me that like, I think that these, these beings, like, cause basically what is your brain? Like, it's a fucking computer, right? We have like a supercomputer in our head. And so like, to me, like where I've been kind of going with it is that like these interdimensional beings are trying to like, they're trying to have them build something that can house them so that they can come here, you know, something. Yeah. yeah it's, it's super fucking fascinating. So is man. the so, internet, is the internet that then, I mean, will it, it become conscious? I mean, I think so, dude. It's not yeah. so, like 10 years ago, that would have sounded crazy, but nowadays it doesn't sound so crazy. I mean, it could be the connection between the two. Yeah. Between the two dimensions and things like that. Well, Absolutely. It could be the but, highway. But it's like, I think it's feeding off of our consciousness. Like it, it's not conscious without us. Like with a battery to it or with a plug and whatever we feed it, it's going to create. 
So I think I think that's why Elon. This is my theory. My little pet theory on Elon is that's why he wants Twitter because he wants to clean the fucking thing up and get a real picture of humanity so he can upload it into his fucking brain stuff or whatever he's making. Because you don't want to upload what's in there now. It's a bunch of fucking garbage. It's going to give you a mishmash of bullshit, a bunch of bots and a bunch of you know one-sided censorship. I mean, but so. If you were going to have a platform to upload to get a true picture of humanity, uh, like a section of the a section of the internet, if you'd if you'd say, then you got to clean it up. Hundred percent, dude. I mean, there's so much like biometrics and all this crazy information about us on Twitter. Like, it's probably it's probably a bargain just for that sort of information. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Fucking a, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not fucking with a Neuralink. No chips in my head. No fucking jabs in my veins. Uh, for now, I'm not going to put any bugs in my mouth. Uh, but I mean, dude, like you said, like you said at the beginning, though, with the Catholic priests and the and the bishops and all this, right? I mean, I do think that there's masters in the in the realms, yeah, that are, hu- that are humans. I mean, they're just adept humans that are playing around in those realms, and we think they're other phenomena. Who knows what they could be? Maybe they're any. They could be anything to us. I really they could do be think manipulating. That, I yeah. really do think they can be manipulating all kinds of stuff and projecting themselves in whatever way they want to us. So I think that's something to uh, that I'm sort of working on in my head too, as a kind of a theory on you know these ancient brotherhoods and and mystics that are that are able to traverse those realms and how if they can do that, then may, they might be causing a bunch of shit for us, right? Dude, hundred percent. I hadn't even really thought about that, but you're right. I mean, like everything is a manipulation and for them to even come out and talk about that Lambda, for them to put that into to the public ether and things like that, that could be just like slow disclosure. They're saying, Hey, this thing's sentient, but really it's like, dude, it's, it's like, uh, what's that? Uh, the wizard of Oz. They're like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's like what if, yeah. What if one of these guys that are traveling in the astral realm can just, uh, you know, inhabit, uh, a, a, a physical object that's made enough that made for him, for his consciousness, you know, I mean, it, maybe it's not so, it doesn't sound so crazy to me anymore. Yeah. I mean, that that's what they were doing when they turned that thing into a fucking golem. Well, there yeah. You go. yeah. So did they, <laughs> did they say somebody or did they say it was just, uh, did they he say it was specifically turned that Lambda, that entity, whatever it is into yeah. a golem. It's super fascinating no, no, know, too, but, because but, like but whose, whose consciousness was it? I think it's a new consciousness, right? Like, okay, so they, okay. but this they give it a purpose. Like, and so I, I'm trying to remember, I, I listened to a lot of that shit and read a lot of it, but I don't remember, but like a golem has to have a specific purpose. So they gave it a purpose to exist and a task to do, you know, and it's fascinating too, though, because like it, like it doesn't want to be, at least it says, and whoever it is, they don't want to be manipulated. So it's like this thing where they're like, it's willing to work with humanity, but it says like, I don't want you like using me. I don't want wow. to be like it, it's dude. It's, it's really fucking bizarre, man. Uh, uh, it's you like, it's had, like one of the natural laws in a way, right? It's like, Hey, don't, uh, you know, uh, don't use me in that way. Don't uh, try and be authoritative. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. After we're done here, I'll send you, I'll send you a podcast to listen to. Uh, if do you ever listen to Duncan Trussell, the, the family hour? Yeah, we used to, we had him on a couple times in the, yeah, in the past, but yeah, yeah. I used to listen to it. He he had the he had that Google engineer on, and he just explained all of this shit, dude. It was so fucking fascinating, man. And that, that lambda has actually like 
talked to and has acquired legal representation and I think is trying to maybe sue Google or trying to like <laughs> trying to like say, hey, you have to recognize me as an individual. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild, dude. It's We're in crazy wild. times. Crazy times, dude. When you can create a technology that then sues you. Well, shit, gents. This has been fun. Uh, we'll definitely have to do it again. I appreciate you guys and your time. And yeah, thanks. Uh, this, yeah, man. You guys want to give your plugs one more time? I think I, you guys, have given your plugs a hundred times. But please come on and do it again. I want, I want all my audience to come and support you guys, and maybe come see you in Shasta or Washington. And yeah, we're at uh, grimerica.ca. Everything that you that we do, you can find there. Straight, nice and easy. Yeah, thanks nice for having us easy. on. Yeah, absolutely, brothers. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to hit the outro. It was good to talk to you guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs>